sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. We're back at the top of the hour here on SportsGrid, your one-stop shop for fantasy sports, wagering, pop culture, and everything else that you can imagine in this time of the year. It's October the 2nd, 2020. We're right in the heat of the football season, fantasy football season. But there are a lot of other sports going on. For the first time in our history, the month of October is led by the NBA Finals. And tonight, we're going to have Game 2 of the series between the Lakers and Miami Heat. I'm Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizapia. Thanks for joining us, and hopefully you can stay along for the ride for the final hour. But if not, of course, just go on demand on YouTube. All of our shows are posted there. Set your notifications to on. Like and subscribe to our shows. Let us know what you like about the show. Let us know what you don't like about the show. That's probably more important as we continue on here this weekend, Joe. And certainly, that will take the focus tonight. The NBA is going into Game 2 of their final series the Miami Heat certainly a very big underdog going into this thing and now a massive underdog in fact if the Heat were coming back to win this thing you could make three to one four to one in some spots on your money just for them to win this series so any temptation there to think that the Heat can come back and win this thing not for me I am removed from the South Florida area so I can look at this with a very uh, very good perspective and I'm going to put my faith in the Lakers and LeBron James here to uh, to win this series. But do you make an intriguing uh, uh, possibility from a wagering perspective? There's no doubt about that. It could be very tempting, but I'm sure it's much more difficult to sit there in that area where you are and not to think that there's still a chance that Miami could really go out there and really take it to the Lakers. And look, maybe they'll win a few games here, but I don't know. It just kind of feels like the Lakers year from the beginning here. Well, look, the Clippers were a formidable opponent, but they went down early in the postseason, and I don't think that people expected that at this point. Uh, Lakers are a big favorite. He's playing a little banged up here, but we'll see if Jimmy Butler can put together the best game of his life because he's going to need it tonight. Let's take a look at our headlines here on this Friday. And, of course, it's 9 o'clock Eastern. That is the game. South Florida will have the Marlins and Cubs to get to at 2 o'clock Eastern and then take a quick break, and then 9 o'clock, jump back on the TV or however you're watching your games and you got baseball and basketball here tonight. As I mentioned, Marlins and Cubs get ready for Game 2. Sixto Sanchez is the youngest pitcher to start a Game 2 of a postseason game. He'll start today against you, Darvish. Padres and Cardinals, they'll finish off their series and see who advances to the division series tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern. Boy, the Cardinals were in a great spot, winning Game 1, up in Game 2. And then the bats just came out in a big way for the Padres. So which Padres team will we see today? Not entirely sure. We'll find out tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern. They will play an elimination game. That is game three. College football back on Friday nights. That is good to see. That was one of the fun parts about the college football season, the Thursday night and the Friday night. There hasn't been any college football on Thursday night yet. That will be coming back soon. BYU off to a phenomenal start in 2020. They're a monster favorite tonight against Louisiana Tech. I don't think Louisiana Tech is that bad. The line's actually up to 24 and a half now, so maybe some potential value, those of you who want to take the points there. BYU's a defensive, grounded-out type team. Maybe if uh, Ragin' Cajuns get an uh, immediate touchdown, you got a shot in that game. Uh, reports this morning say that Adam Gase, despite losing the first four games of the season, will stay the head coach of the Jets. And look, it's a different kind of year in a normal season. 
don't think Adam Gase would be the head coach this morning in a COVID season where you have to bring in a new coach, maybe some other new coach, rest them, make sure that they're healthy. Adam Gase probably going to last the season as the coach. Everybody, and, and I would say that O'Brien will uh, last the season in Atlanta, too. It's just very hard, given the nature of what we're going through. And speaking of which, the Tennessee Titans, there were some reports last week saying they were going to play Sunday night, then Monday night, then Tuesday, and it's going to be on CBS. It's going to be this big thing. Let me tell you something. There's a chance the Titans don't play next Sunday. They had two more players test positive today. We don't know who they are. And we're going to have to wait through the weekend to see because they're going to need to have no positive tests, at least at the very latest on Monday, to even consider playing next Sunday. And so that, Joe, will be a very big story for us next week. There's a chance the Titans will miss two weeks of football. Yeah, and look, a lot of coaches are on the hot seat. Uh, Bill O'Brien, obviously, in in Houston is on the hot seat. Adam Gase is on the hot seat. Dan Quinn in Atlanta is on the hot seat. So we'll see what happens after this week when Minnesota and Houston face off there because probably Zimmer's on the hot seat as well. And you're probably right in COVID this year. It's probably a different year where maybe they were more reticent to make changes in terms of coaching staff. But I think one thing is certain. At the end of the season, there will be a fair amount of coaching changes in the NFL, and the Jets will absolutely be one of them. They are going to tear this thing down. New coach, high draft pick. Who knows what could happen for the New York Jets? And who knows? They might even be moving on from Sam Darnold this quickly already. It's very possible they could do that. But I think they could probably give Adam Gase uh, another game or two considering the schedule. But I'll tell you what, if they lose, as we pointed out in hour one of the show, to Arizona and or the Chargers, I got news for you. The rest of that schedule, the next three games, they're not getting any W's there. This is very easily a team that can be 0 and 9, 0 and 10 at some point in the season and searching for that win and trying to not be winless on the season. It is not out of the realm of possibilities. The only good part about that is could you imagine Trevor Lawrence playing football in New York? That would be a fun headline. Yeah, I don't know how the Jets would pass up on him if they ended up with the first pick in the draft, but we are basically four weeks in, and there are several teams that are right there with the Jets, and the Jets went through this last year. They ended up winning, I think it was five out of six. Dolphins started off 0-6. They won seven out of eight. So it's a long season, and essentially the Jets were right in that game last night until the end. If they really want to tank this the right way, they got to go 0-16. There's just no other way around it. It is the only way that you can guarantee yourself the first pick in the draft. And no team seems to execute that in the end. They all win games at the end. So we'll see if that happens for the Jets. Coming up next, it's time for us to talk a little DFS with Jim Sanis from Number 5. Stay on the grid. We'll get you some help. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Each and every week, some of the best data you can find in terms of DFS, of course, is over at NumberFire. And, of course, if you are playing DFS, you got to do it on FanDuel and get the advice of our next guest, Jim Sanis, who you can follow on Twitter at Jim Sanis. Comes on our show every single week, gives you some really good options. He certainly has helped me. I'm on a hot streak in DFS. I not only, Jim, won $5 last week. I won 7 I moved wow. myself. From- oh, yeah. I mean, I am red hot here playing in these big tournaments uh, $5 to to, uh, tw- to winning 12 last week, so I'm plus 7 last week, plus 5 the week before that. You know 
that I'm going to be listening to some of these options here so I can throw them in my lineup this week. Man, that's a free trip to Jimmy John's right there. You're <laughs> set. You're living the high life this week. <laughs> it's, a shame, it's a shame I can't pay to have them deliver it for that. Right. <laughs> I got to win this week. To, I got the Jimmy John's. Now I got to pay for the delivery. I got to exactly. win this week to get that. Done. Exactly. And I think this is a good week to do it, Craig. So I think we're in a good spot oh, good. here for you. Okay, good. Well, look, we, we certainly, at the very least, the good news, it's bad news, but it's good news. The good news is we know that there's a game postponed, so we don't have to go into the weekend wondering about that. So that is certainly uh, the positive. The negative is, of course, we're hoping for good health for the Tennessee Titans, and hopefully they can get back on the field next week. We'll see. Steelers, of course, uh, will have a bye week as well. But as we look at it and we start off, Jim, let's start off like we always do and take a look at the quarterbacks and the quarterback position here on FanDuel, some potential choices, and go through the top options and you of course uh, will give us some of the lower end options and uh, then of course we'll cry about the twins here on the show for <laughs> uh, Lamar Jackson of Baltimore after the week he had last week you know all things considered he rushed for a bunch of yards he ended up getting one touch and it could have been a disaster for him based on the way it was going early but he rallied in garbage time to get some points Russell Wilson seems like a plug and play at this point at Miami he's 9,000 Mahomes, a little bit of a tougher matchup this week against New England, 8,700, and he crushed me in my season-long league last week. I'm up 40 thinking I'm going to win, and yeah, guess what? <laughs> Not. Uh, Josh Allen, Buffalo at Las Vegas. Josh Allen's been phenomenal this year. He's moved up on, on FanDuel here in the pricing from, I believe it was below 8,000 to start. Now he's the fourth highest price guy there. Amazing. Kyler Murray, a down week for him last week. One of the few so far that we've seen at Carolina. Their offense is struggling, or defense, excuse me, 8,400 there. And then Dak Prescott, who has yet to have a bad week, 8,200 against the Cleveland Browns. And so I would ask you, Jim, in terms of quarterback options this week, is it simply plug and play with any of the top guys? Or do you see some other juicy matchups this week that we could take advantage of? I think, Craig, if I have one lineup, I'm trying to spend up because I love Kyler Murray. Like you said, the Panthers defense, nothing to be too afraid of. And Kyler, the the passing has not been that efficient so far this year, but he is running a lot. And that's huge for fantasy. 8.7 rush attempts per game so far this year, up from 5.8 last year. And he's that's translated to 62 rushing yards per game, which is great before you even factor in the fact that he has four rushing touchdowns already. So I love Kyler. think he's in a great spot. Number two for me is Russell Wilson against Miami, mostly because I think Miami's going to put up some points too if we can get some back and forth action here that's great for both quarterbacks so i do like russell wilson quite a bit he's number two dak prescott number three for the same reason i expect the browns to score some points which will force the cowboys to keep throwing that's good for dak but i also don't mind a couple of lower end guys matthew stafford i think is kind of in a sneaky spot at home against new orleans the new orleans defense Hasn't looked so great so far this year, and Stafford looks solid with Kenny Galladay being back. So I do like him. Ryan Fitzpatrick does add some rushing in there, so I could consider him Joe Burrow. Pretty similar to Fitzpatrick, honestly, where he's got a little bit of I don't care to him. He'll run a bit. He'll take some hits and stuff like that. So I would say Stafford, Burrow, and Fitzpatrick on the bottom end. But if I can get to Kyler Murray, I think that's my favorite way to approach this slate. Yeah, the Panther. I mean, look, all defenses are having problems. I mean, that's true. <laughs> but Carolina in particular is is probably near the bottom statistic of almost everywhere, uh, passing and rushing defense. All right, let's move over to the running backs, and here's where it becomes more interesting for sure. We have Ezekiel Elliott, who, regardless of his what yards per carry, is getting every goal line carry, so you know you're in line for a touchdown if they get close, 9,000 for him. Alvin Kamara coming off that monster game the other night. We think that that it's possible that Thomas could be back, but regardless of that, he is 8,800. Uh, look, if I'm playing DFS this week, I got to play Dalvin Cook after what I saw from Houston's <laughs> defense. They could not stop Connor. They could not stop Snell. I don't know what happened to that Houston D, 
But Dalvin Cook is 8,700. I may have to circle that one. Nick Chubb, they run the ball a lot. Chubb certainly could at Dallas. Josh Jacobs would appear to have a tough matchup against Buffalo, but Henderson looked pretty good last week against them. So who knows? And Jonathan Taylor pops up to our top here as now that he is the primary ball carrier, you're just not seeing a lot of volume for everyone else. He is at Chicago at 7,500. So for for me, Jim, you know, I, I was stunned how poor the Houston run defense was last week. And I know Cook sort of came alive, but is he a clear cut option or are there some other ones? I think that all three of the top guys are very desirable for me. It's Zeke, Kamara, and Cook. And I think that you kind of can't go wrong. And I think my mindset for this week, Craig, is I want to get two of those three guys into my primary lineup. I want to get two of them. For me personally, I probably lean towards Zeke and Kamara, but like, I think that Cook is right there, too. Like you said, he had a huge week last week. The Texans rush defense, the defense in general, nothing to be afraid of. And all three of those games are projected high-scoring tight games, which is exactly what I want out of my running back. So I would say those three guys are great options. If you want to go down a bit more, I think that the uh, the Arizona-Carolina game, once again, can come through for us here. Kenyon Drake is $7,000 facing Carolina. Hasn't done a whole lot so far this year because the targets have been down, but DeAndre Hopkins is now banged up. That may open up additional targets targets for Drake in that offense. And on the other side, you got Mike Davis, who is $6,300. And last week, 13 carries and nine targets. Targets are so valuable on FanDuel, despite the fact that it's just half PPR scoring. You still want as many targets as you can get. Davis got nine that week. He had eight the week before that with McCaffrey leaving the game. So I would say Mike Davis at $6,300 gives you a lot of flexibility to go with Zeke, Kamara, or Dalvin Cook as your other two running backs. And you use one of them in the flex spots. So I kind of think Mike Davis Davis is 63, maybe one of the best uh, point per point per salary dollar plays of the week this week. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Jim, and someone that I'm now going to uh, consider this week and put in. And, you know, the other part of this, too, is that you have a new coach coming in. Davis is the guy that he got that yeah. for his offense from Matt Rule. And you know that you're going to get usage out of a guy like that because they want to make sure that they're paying dividends on the players that they've acquired. And Davis clearly is the guy right now in Carolina. I like Bonifon personally, but he really hasn't uh, shown much as of yet. Uh, okay, over to receivers here. We got uh, Thomas at 8,800 if he plays. So we'll have to wait on that. Hopkins if he plays at 8,700. Yeah. So, boy, there's a dip down here in pricing with Tyreek Hill at 8,000, Lockett 7,500. Evans seems to be a pretty good play if if Godwin doesn't play, and that seems probable. 7,600. Galladay's back on the map at 7,400. Cooper Cup 7,200. I would imagine that there are going to be some options that are below this, though, this week, Jim, because, again, uh, dicey situations with the injuries at the top. Yeah, I think that if you can get to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, just go right back to the well. There's kind of no reason not to. Byron Jones seems like he's healthy, and that's a big upgrade for Miami, but I don't know if it matters with how well Seattle's playing. So I think that you go back to them if you can. But if you want to go down, Will Fuller is $6,100. He's faced three of the toughest matchups you could possibly face so far this year with Kansas City, Baltimore, and then uh, Pittsburgh, but now faces the Vikings, and their defense has gotten shredded by everyone so far this year. So both Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, I think are in pretty good spots for this week. I think I'll be turning to them pretty often. Uh, Justin Jefferson is $5,400 for the Vikings in that exact same game if you want to go with the game stack. And I think that uh, that's probably the main areas I would go. And then, of course, going back to the Carolina game, DJ Moore has been getting great volume. $6,800 facing Arizona. It's not a pass defense that I fear. Robbie Anderson, a little bit cheaper at $6,200. So I think that uh, you got options in every tier. 
But I think that Will Fuller is one of my favorites for this week at $6,100. Yeah, it, it was shocking to me, Jim, to see that uh, Robbie Anderson is, a, is the sixth best statistic wide receiver yeah. in fantasy football this year. And I understand there's been some injuries and Evans has been banged up and Godwin's been banged up and everyone had those two in the top five. Thomas has been hurt too. But even still, I didn't have Anderson yeah. moving up ahead of 15, 20 guys, right. which definitely has. Uh, before we go, listen, I, I am sorry for your Minnesota Twins, Jim. <laughs> Uh, you know, 18 playoff losses in a row. I know that had to be painful. I, I, I'm proud of you, though, for representing the shirt here on Fantasy Sports today, though. It shows what kind of fan you are. Hey, I mean, like, at this point, when it's been 18 straight times, and it's been the last time they won was when I was in seventh grade, like, you're just used to it. You kind of accept. You're like, okay, cool. They made it. Uh, we can, we've, we, any, any wins are just kind of a cherry on top. We had a good regular season. Byron Buxton had a lot of home runs. I can't complain all that much. It was, it was a fun season for sure. And hopefully we can have some more fun next year too yeah look the twins are, are very well positioned for the next few yeah. years it's just uh i'm I mean, honestly some bad luck i think for them getting yeah. into, uh, with, the, with the postseason hey jim thanks again good luck this week and uh hopefully do very well over on FanDuel. i will be playing once again too and we'll check back in and see what happens okay we got to get you to nine dollars this week craig i think that we can do it I, th- I i have high aspirations for you I do. Good thing I took Chris Hogan out of the lineup last week, last week, last week. What was I thinking? All right, we'll be back with more fantasy sports today. We'll go through the lines at the Westgate for the Super Contest right after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's time to take a look at the weekly lines at the Westgate as it's week four of the Super Contest. And joining me now to go over the lines and go over our entry for week four, of course, you can find him at RotoBuzzGuy on Twitter, running everything over at Fantasy Alarm and WagerAlarm.com. Howard Bender joins me here on this Friday. Howard, great to see you again. How was your week? Uh, great to be seen, Craig. Um, you know, it was it was an interesting week. Uh, you know, some highs, some lows, but that's just the nature of football right now. With the uh, the information about the Steelers Titans game being postponed, the fantasy community is uh, is all freaked out right now. The betting community, not so much. It's just one game off the board, but nevertheless, there's a there's a lot of freak out today. Yeah, definitely so. And and that game was, of course, on the card of the Super Contest. Pittsburgh was two and a half point favorites, but no longer an option and not a game that we're going to discuss here on the show. So let's get started and take a look at a few of the lines. And we'll start off with the early games on Sunday. We have the Colts and they are taking on the Chicago Bears. Howard, the Colts are minus two and a half point favorites. They seem to have picked it up a little bit after that week one loss. The Bears, of course, are undefeated. The New Orleans Saints, a very perplexing start for them, for sure, as they are laying four at the Detroit Lions. Lions had a big win last week against the Cardinals. Speaking of the Cardinals, they fell back down to earth a little bit. They're taking on the Carolina Panthers, and they are laying three and a half. So that's three straight road favorites, as we're discussing here. By the way, this line uh, right now on most books is three, not three and a half. So getting a little advantage there if you take Carolina in the Super Contest. And then finally, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. They are laying three against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game where I would guess 
that the remainder of the season, this may be the last time that you'll ever only be able to lay three against Jacksonville with Cincinnati playing this week. So uh, take a look at these first four games. Howard, what piques your interest here? Um, definitely not the Bengals and Jaguars. I don't even want to touch that <laughs> game. That could, that's that's a mess. I mean, I do like getting the extra half point there for the Panthers. Uh, we're hearing that, uh, that DeAndre Hopkins, uh, he didn't practice on Thursday, so... Uh, something to just kind of keep your eyes open. Arizona was a real big disappointment against Detroit. Now, does Carolina have that firepower? Um, I, you know, listen, out of these four games that you just listed, uh, to me, either the lean is the Panthers plus the three and a half or the Colts uh, laying two and a half here uh, against the Bears. Their offense getting a little bit more conservative, short, quick uh Passing routes is what they're doing with Phillip Rivers. Jonathan Taylor looks very much as advertised. Yeah, and, and the Colts defense is a top three defense, it looks like right now, at the very least mm -hmm. in the NFL. They look fantastic, so maybe that's a way that we'll go on Saturday night when I join Howard for our live stream over at Fantasy Alarm and WagerAlarm.com. We actually make those picks live on the air, so you can catch us then. All right, uh, also on the slate, the early games, 1 o'clock East, 10 o'clock Pacific, we have the Dallas Cowboys they are laying four and a half points at home to the Cleveland Browns. Cowboys can't stop anybody. They can't beat anybody. Uh, but look, you'd be siding with the Browns here. That's always dangerous. How about Houston? <laughs> Houston this week laying four and a half points at home against the Minnesota Vikings. I thought last week was the week to take Houston. Of course, we did in the Super Contest, and that was a big fat L for us. Seattle is on the road at Miami playing out of this world, laying six and a half points on the road. And then we have the Buccaneers, Howard, back at home, laying seven points against the Chargers. That line looks like right now it's about six and a half, very similarly to the uh, Dolphins one. And I think as we talked on our stream earlier this week, I think we're both sort of in agreement here that this is a bad spot for Seattle. I know it's hard to say, but it kind of is. They're 3-0. and They're playing unbelievable. They probably could have lost two of the three games they were involved in. Miami's playing better. They're playing at full strength. They're playing with extra time off. And I don't think that we see Miami winning this game, but certainly the back door is wide open for Fitzpatrick, and he knows the way in. He definitely knows the way in. And, you know, this is one of those games where we're going to look at it and we're going to be incredibly disappointed in the first half when you've got Seattle, who's probably up big going into halftime. Uh, they take their foot off the gas. Their defense isn't very good. You know how Ryan Fitzpatrick reacts in the second half. He's going to be throwing the ball all over the place. He's got... Good receiving weapons in Preston Williams, Mike Gesicki, and, and Devontae Parker. So I like the backdoor cover here uh, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Always a threat to run one in on his own as well. So I think this game stays a little bit closer. I think Seattle plays a lot of closer than, uh, than expected games this season. So... Out of those four games, that's probably the lean, the, the the biggest lean for us. Yeah, and contrary to popular belief, in all likelihood, Seattle will not go 16-0 straight up and against the spread all season long. I would what? guess at some point they will lose a game and not cover. Maybe this is the one this week against Miami, and I think that that's probably <laughs> our uh, pretty strong lean at this point as we go into the weekend. All right, uh, let's take a look at some other games. We mentioned Pittsburgh and Tennessee. That would have been the next one on the board, but that is done. So we have Baltimore taking on Washington, and the Ravens right now are the biggest spread on the board as they are laying 13 points on the road at the Washington football team. The Rams are at home. They are laying 12 and a half against the hapless Giants. And we also have the Kansas City Chiefs in probably the game of the week. Right now, it looks like the line's about six and a half, although in the Super Contest, if you were to take the Patriots, you'd be getting an extra half point there at seven. 
And then the final later game, and then we'll get to the evening games. Uh, Howard is the Buffalo Bills. They're on the road at the Raiders, and they are laying three points. So, uh, look, uh, a lot of big spreads is usually we usually don't get involved in these. And so we can certainly talk about that. The other thing that I think is interesting is that I wonder what the line would be, Howard, is if Buffalo dominated the Rams and the Rams never came back. I think they probably would be a much bigger favorite against the Raiders. So I don't know if the value is with Buffalo taking with them on the road or maybe like Seattle, Buffalo's won and covered right in every game. You know that a letdown is going to come at some point. Maybe it comes at Las Vegas this week. Yeah, I have a hard time with that actually being in Las Vegas. But I mean, listen, I think that that you're right. Uh, The line does seem a little bit fishy, uh, especially with the way Josh Allen has played. Uh, but I mean, listen, look at Buffalo where they're most vulnerable. They're most vulnerable across the middle of the field, uh, tight ends who play out of the slot, who get a lot of work there, slot receivers also. So you could be looking at, uh, a lot of Darren Waller and a lot of Hunter Renfro, uh, and that could keep, uh, could, could keep the Raiders more heavily involved in this one. I think a lot of people are looking at the fact that Buffalo has been so, such great, uh, an offensive great team right now that the lean would probably be for Buffalo, which kind of makes me want to take the Raiders here, Yeah, um, which is probably my lean out of this group. I would say uh, I'll, I'll take the Rams and lay the points <laughs> on the Giants. The Giants are so bad. Like, I also think, I also think that the Ravens are going to thump the, the Washington football team. Like this is, this is one of those situations Maybe where we'll do it, it this week. Yeah. What's that? Maybe we will go with one of the big favorites. We haven't done it in a while. Uh, I'm always tempted in in these spots to go with the bigger road favorite because I feel like that's telling me something. It's telling me how bad the other team really must be. Is is that even a road game for Baltimore? It's in in D.C. It's not even a road game. That's a really good point, too. And they're still 13-point favorites in that game. So, um, look, for me, of the two, it would be Baltimore. Because I watched Washington play very closely. You know, Washington had the ball with three minutes to go at the end of the game. If they score a touchdown, get the onside kick and get the ball back again, they have a chance to tie. They did not even try at the end of that game. Rivera had Haskins handing off just to end the game and get out of there. I couldn't believe it. So, I mean, who would be the backup to Haskins, Howard, if, if he came out in this game? Is there anyone that could rally? There you go. Up? That's that's the question. Do they pull Haskins early um, and uh, and Did do Alex the old uh, the, the Alex Smith Willis Reed thing where he trots out onto the he field? They also play? They've got Kyle Allen, and that's probably He's who they would go right. to next. He's actually all right. Yeah. He's so. You know, that's you you, uh, you could be looking at that kind of a backdoor cover. I don't know how the Washington defense is going to hold up not having Chase Young. Uh, apparently, he's uh, he's very limited. So, I mean, yeah, again, right. I'll well, take the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> so Just lay bad. the wood and take the Rams. Wow. They're 12, so 12 and a half points. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's look at the the night games, the Sunday night and the Monday night. We'll we'll end with this. We got San Francisco taking on Philadelphia. And San Francisco is seven-point favorites in this one. All the money will be on San Francisco. We definitely know that. And then uh, Monday night game, Green Bay against Atlanta. Boy, these are really two tough games to call, I think, here because the the lines are really perfect here because the Monday night game is just begging you to take Atlanta. They they play close in every game. You you I mean, they, they lose every, but they're close in every game that they play, and then they lose in the end. And so it's like they're gifting you seven points. 
Uh, and then, of course, you look at San Francisco and Philadelphia and you just look at the records and say, how can Philadelphia possibly go to San Francisco and beat them? But these lines are there for a reason. And I don't really have strong temptation on either side of these. Oof, tough, tough. I think I think we've been so disappointed in the Eagles so far this year that I almost want to take the points. I mean, really, how I mean, San I Francisco, San if Francisco, I had to take one way, I agree with you. I, I think Philly at some point is going to cover a game <laughs> and, and San Francisco. OK, fine. You know, they come away from from the Jets and the Giants with a couple of wins there. The team is still very much depleted. We still don't know if it's Garoppolo, if it's Mullins, if that even matters between the two. I feel like with a heavy dose of Miles Sanders, they might be getting Alshon Jeffrey back. Uh, my lean would be taking the Eagles and the points Monday night. I don't want any piece of, I yeah. just, I don't want any piece of that. All right. So, so we're leaning Miami in the points. We're leaning Philadelphia in the points. Uh, we we're, it looks like we're going to have no choice, but to take one of these big favorites this week. And we certainly are not going to take the giants or take <laughs> Washington. So there's a chance we take the Rams there and then we'll sort it all out on Saturday night for our final two picks. Uh, we went two and three last week. And so we're now, a tad under 500 for the season, but we got a lot of work to do and a lot of ground to make up to win this thing. Howard, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. We'll catch you over at Fantasy Alarm and Wager Alarm, and you and I will speak on Saturday night and uh, and wrap everything up, okay? All right. I'm going to work my proposal to see if I can get you to take the Browns this week. <laughs> All right. We work on that. Uh, we got to take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports today. We got Fantasy and Reality coming up a little bit later. And then, of course, the Sports Grid 60. So make sure you stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid and go to our website, SportsGrid.com, for all of our past videos. Make sure you like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Fantasy Sports Today continues in just two minutes. Fantasy or Reality, all of the questions that you need answered going into the weekend. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today here with you. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia until 2 o'clock Eastern. We'll be right back with you also, of course, on Monday, recapping week four of the NFL, giving you the latest on the National League and American League Division Series, which begin Tuesday in California and in Texas. And just a couple of quick notes in the NFL. Another mispractice for DeAndre Hopkins of the Arizona Cardinals, so certainly we're going to have to keep a close eye on him. And uh, we'll also follow all of the injury news and notes and information. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers announced that Leonard Fournette is going to miss this week. So two out of the first four weeks of the football season, Fournette doesn't give you any fantasy points basically whatsoever. Uh, fantasy reality time, though, which is uh, having a little fun at the end of the show, Joe, and got a couple of different topics here, some acting, television, and, of course, some baseball questions as well. Yeah, and look, uh, that DeAndre Hopkins injury is very important to fantasy teams, but also to wagering as well. We talked yesterday on the show about Carolina and that potential game there, maybe Carolina being able to cover being at home. And if Hopkins is out of that game, all of a sudden keep a close eye on that line, see if it moves this weekend. But yes, I think it's been a very long week, and I think it's time to have a little fun here. So let's fantasy and reality it up, my friend. All right, let's, uh, let's hit it here. Saturday night is back. Saturday Night Live is back this weekend, and SNL is going to be back in studio in New York City. We haven't seen that in seven months, something like that. Jim Carrey 
is going to be playing the role of Joe Biden this season and maybe even moving forward on Saturday Night Live. They showed a little video clip of him, and I think you'll probably see one today or tomorrow before they preview that show on Saturday night. So, Joe, fantasy or reality? Jim Carrey, we haven't seen a lot of on regular television over the last decade. He'll play a good Joe Biden starting Saturday on Saturday Night Live. Fantasy or reality? He will play a great Joe Biden. Uh, Jim Carrey is a guy who is a character study. Nobody's better at picking up those little idiosyncrasies and those little things. He's an incredible impressionist. That was basically the basis of his stand-up act when he started. Uh, and then eventually he spread it out into more and more characters and was amazing on Living Color. He's had some great performances on SNL. And sketch comedy is really the heart of Jim Carrey. So for all of the great movie success and everything else he's had, and oh, look, a lot of great serious roles uh, as well. Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, what a fantastic performance that is. Uh, the Truman Show, but I think he's going to be great here. Uh, as Joe Biden. He's got a couple people who've already played it. Sudeikis played it. I thought he did a good job. Uh, we also had, I want to say, Woody Harrelson played him, which was pretty good also. For me, I always, my favorite of all the SNL presidential impersonations, I don't know why, will always be Dana Carvey as George Bush Sr. I don't know why. It just made me laugh. There was something about him where at some point in time, it felt like more George Bush than George Bush did. But I think Jim Carrey is going to be great. This is outstanding casting. I can't wait to see it. And uh, you know he's going to absolutely be prepared. So I am super excited. How about you? Do you think Jim Carrey is going to uh, nail the Joe Biden imitation? Yeah, I do. I'm going to say reality. I think that this will be really fun. And it's really interesting. And, and although curious that, that Saturday Night Live goes outside the Saturday Night Live family to get a character going. But I think that this is all reality. And... We all could use a little bit more humor, and so Saturday night certainly will be the first of many episodes. And I'm not really, I think that they said that they are not going to have a studio audience there, but regardless, it's great to have them back in the studio because the shows, honestly, they did as good a job as they possibly could given the situation. Mm -hmm. But I did not find the shows to be very good when they were all doing it virtually. Mm -hmm. and, and it was great to have that kind of entertainment. Yeah, they had a couple Back sketches that were very funny. That 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 sketch of the uh, the I think it was Kate McKinnon and uh, Aidy Bryant running that grocery store with only the bad food items left was very funny. I remember that yeah, Zoom I, meeting with all the yeah. the Zoom meeting with the older secretaries that didn't know how Zoom worked and they were taking it into the bathroom with them and all these things. That was I think it had some really good moments, but it's tough, man. It's very tough to to make people laugh under these circumstances and then to you know have everything edited and cut and all these things by the time you get it to air. But you're not wrong. The shows were. I think as good as they could be, but there were a couple of gems in some of those sketches that 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 Zoom one that was every Zoom Skype call that my kids had with my mother during quarantine. It was exactly the yeah. same. She didn't know where any button was. It was adorable. It was hilarious. And of kids were trying to teach her everything. And of course, it was uh, falling on deaf ears to say the least. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, let's move on to our second question and move on to the Major League Baseball postseason. And of course, this is going to be the question on everybody's mind in 2021 after we get through this season there will be 16 teams in the mlb postseason in 2021 joe is that fantasy or reality uh, as much as i want this to be true i'm going to say fantasy i i don't want it to be true and i would think that major league baseball would get more juice out of more playoff games and i think maybe even the players want more playoff games and less regular season so maybe after the cba in 2022 we get it but I think next year they go back to the same old, same old, and this will be another one of the things you take to the table if you're Major League Baseball players. You need to talk it out, and you try to figure out a better structure for everything. 
But I don't know. It just seems like they're going to go back to what always was, and that's what baseball does. And at a certain point, I have to ask this question of baseball. You know, do you care more about the history of the game or do you care more about the future of the game? Because I feel like the present is kind of at stake right now, unless you're concentrating more on the future of the game. And I think more playoffs are fun. I think it will get more eyeballs if you get people accustomed to it and what's going on. This season was crazy. You move on from this season. But generally speaking, I actually think this would be a really good idea for Major League Baseball. But everyone's always so wrapped up in, well, you can't do it because it was never done. Or this is the way it's always been. And baseball is all these stats and these rules and all these things. Well, the steroid era blew up all those rules and blew up all these things. And you know what? At a certain point in time, let's talk about how we can make the game better and more user-friendly for everybody out there. You're right. TV contracts aren't going away. They're making a ton of money. I get it. But at the same time, you can't deny the fact that baseball is not the same popularity it was 20 years ago. It'll never be the same, but I think it can be better. And I think Major League Baseball could do some things like more playoffs to make it better. So I think it's a fantasy. I'm curious to hear what you say after about this, because I love for it to be a reality. I just don't think it's the case. Yeah, I think it's a fantasy, but I think the reality is is that we'll get an expanded postseason. I just don't think 16 games is the number, and I think that everybody, after watching the last three days of postseason games, would agree that um, the last team in, in both situations in particular, uh, did not look very strong at all, and it almost was a waste of time. So my guess is is that one remedies to the situation would be to a team like Tampa and a team like LA to simply just give those two teams the buy, the team that finishes at the top and then have 14 teams duke it out instead of 16. But the uh, Milwaukee Brewers didn't win the last two games of the season, finished under 500, and then ended the season on a losing streak and, and of course, ended the postseason on a losing streak as well. They didn't deserve to be in. They shouldn't have been in. And it was just, it was basically two exhibition games almost for the Dodgers. The way, the way that Kershaw looked last night, it was an exhibition game. And, and look, I, I get it. It was really good to see the, the Blue Jays back in the postseason as well, but they didn't stand a chance against Tampa Bay. So I, I think you can reward more teams. I think you can make it more fun. I don't know what the exact number is, but I think it is fantasy. And I don't think it should be 16. It can be more, but they got to come up with a number that makes it competitive and fun because. The four games played in between those two teams, the, 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 yeah, the four games played between the, the four teams that I just discussed were horrible. They were not good games. Yeah. All the other games have been competitive. If, if I may interject real quick, too, the first year of the wild card when we had, uh, way back in 94, when we had the strike, it was looking like a team that was under 500 was going to win the West. The West, if you recall, is a little baseball history for everybody out there, but the West was really bad that year. And the new divisions, the way they aligned, it looked like a team that was going to be sub 500 might come out of that and be a playoff team. And I often wonder if that had actually happened, if people would have said, oh, this format is stupid. Look, you're getting a team that shouldn't be in the playoffs and there are playoffs, but we've come really accustomed to the wild card over the years and this expanded playoff format. And I kind of feel like we're in the same point right here where, yeah, there's some things that didn't work about it, but maybe if we give it a chance, it could be better. And I just want to point out to everybody, we almost got a very negative first out of the gate back in 1994 before the strike. Right. But the, but the team didn't make it and get swept and, and, you know, well, that's, nobody that's made the playoffs. Of... there were no playoffs. That's the problem. I'm just saying right. it could have been, yeah. we were on that track for that, for something. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got to play the result. Baseball. You got to play the right. result of everything that's happened this year. And some things have worked and some things that didn't universally, everybody likes the DH. I think we'll have that universally. Nobody right. likes seven inning double headers. 
I think that's gone. Universally, nobody likes putting a runner on second base at the end of the game. That's up for debate. So there are some things that are, but there is just simply no debate that the Brewers did not deserve to make the postseason in a 60-game season. They played horrible at the end of the year. They backed their way in, and they and they got smoked by the Dodgers. The Blue Jays, uh, the Blue Jays. I mean, the Blue Jays may have actually looked worse than the Brewers. Their games weren't even close. So, mm-hmm. if we're going to play the result, and we're using this sort of test bubble to determine as to whether or not we should do something, the result would tell you based on the outcomes of the games that at the very least they should nix two of those teams because even you can get a, a listen if the brewers the point that you're try, trying to make here is that if the brewers made it and they played competitive against LA everyone would be like man like yeah like that's the way to go here but <laughs> they looked horrible no and so. you're saying it's compounded because they backed their way in and they were bad and i guess the only counter argument to just play devil's advocate would be well who is beating the dodgers anyway so if they're stacking up against the dodgers they are going to get embarrassed because Almost every team might get embarrassed by the Dodgers, and and that I think is a, a valid argument at the least. I, I look, I, I I think this is a great debate and a great discussion to have. Personally, I just want to see more playoffs, less regular season of baseball because I just think the regular season is just far too long at this stage of where we are in our sporting world. All right, let's move on to our final question here on fantasy or reality, and the trailer came out yesterday, uh, and and unsurprisingly that. You know, Sasha Baron Cohen, he'll just all of a sudden have things pop up. We saw it, I think, a couple of months ago. He showed up at some and it was singing at some rally or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Borat was great. Bruno was not. And now Borat (laughs) 2 is coming out a decade later. And it's Borat 2. His new movie comes out October 23rd on Amazon Prime, which is good. You don't have to actually go to the movie to see it because I probably wouldn't. Uh, fantasy or reality here, Borat 2 can save the year 2020. So, Joe, I will I will <laughs> hand this one over to you for the end. Of course it can. It will be great success for America TV show, yes? And it's great. You know when I have to go to the movie theater, it's going to be on Amazon Prime October 23rd. Look, this is the movie we all need. We all need to sit back and laugh together a little bit. I can't believe the first one was 14 years ago. It's one of three films that I literally hurt from laughing when I left the theater. It was the first, it was a South Park movie. It was Step Brothers and this. But first Borat movie, I literally could not believe my sides were hurting like some sort of bizarre cartoon character because I was laughing so hard I was missing the next joke because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You're right, Bruno was disappointing. Had a couple of funny moments there, especially the casting thing with the little kids. That was, again, he really pushed the envelope with that character. But for me, Borat might be the movie to save the year. How about you, Craig? Yeah, I don't know that anything can save this year, but I definitely am looking forward to seeing this movie <laughs> because I, I too thought Borat was uh, was fantastic. And and if I'm not mistaken, either the the big guy from Borat or was it Bruno? I don't. It may have been Bruno. You know, he was in Cobra Kai, right? Like he played the landlord in Cobra Kai. Same guy. I don't know if you remember I, that, but I did not. I did not. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, look, I just Sasha Baron Cohen just makes me laugh, and uh, I've seen he's the trailer great. a couple times now, and what he's doing there is just amazing. Yeah, I put the trailer on, and I think that I was putting my son to bed, and I had it on my phone, and then realized about 10 <laughs> seconds in, there's no way that I could let this play, and my phone's no. like, what was that? Yeah, no, that's probably a bad idea. Uh, not not for you. Not for you, kiddo. Not good. Not good for sure. <laughs> All right, we got the Sports Grid 60 to end our week, and we'll have that next, so stay on the grid. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, we got a big weekend coming up here on Sports Grid as we get you ready for week four of the NFL. And of course, college football is tomorrow. We got great coverage of that all day long on Saturday. It's great to have that back in action, too. And Joe, I know that you have your Sports Grid 60 and also the big show coming up this Sunday morning at 8 a.m. That's right. The game day right here on Sports Grid Fantasy Game Day. Myself and Matt Stryker. Eric Young is off this week defending his title somewhere, I'm sure. But Matt Stryker and I are going to have you ready for all your FanDuel needs, all your season log needs, and all your laughs. So get your coffee and join us right here on Sports Grid 8 a.m. wherever you watch the grid for your fantasy football. And this week was the drip, drip, drip of another COVID story. Yes, uh, the Steelers and Titans game did eventually get postponed. And yes, that is not surprising. If you were not paying attention to baseball, then I could see how it could come as a surprise to you. But if you were, where have you been? Of course, this is going to get postponed. Of course, there's going to be more positives. This was the nature of this beast. And if you think this is the last time the beast is going to rear its ugly head, you are wrong. This is just going to be part of the game for the foreseeable future, certainly for the rest of this season. And let's hope that we don't have a lot of positive tests. But once we have one or two, if you think it's going to stop there, you're probably wrong. And you need to start making fantasy adjustments off of that. Please take this as a learning experience going forward. That's more to grow on. What was that from NBC? Is that what? That's or is right. That, is that, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Our childhood, my friend. One to grow. Yeah, on. for sure. Little stuff. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna end it with this. There, there's got to be a lot of suffering for people who are fans of certain teams, but I got to tell you, it doesn't get any worse than the Jets. I mean, <laughs> watching that game last night was about as painful and and again I didn't watch the first half but watching the second half of that game last night was about as painful as it could possibly be you're playing against arguably the worst team in the NFL that isn't you and you are not going for it on fourth down you are kicking field goals to try and stay in a game you have your quarterback falling untouched over himself and it makes me think of a couple of different things. The first is, of course, yeah, it'll be great. The Jets eventually will get that first pick and uh, they'll turn it around. But how is it possible that the media market of New York endures such misery when you have that kind of money and that kind of ability? I leave you with that, folks. For Joe, I'm Craig. Have a great weekend. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.